take your balloons to the next level as we delve deeper into what truly makes a professional balloon artist with your host, Zivi Kivi. Now, welcome to the Balloon Artist Podcast. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. This is Zivi Kivi, and we are now in Season 2, Chapter 8. The interviewee today is someone that is also very busy in creating educational material for balloon artists, and that is the one and only Sam Kremins. Sam Kremins is uh, half of the duo uh, that is uh, the Balloon Blast show with Scott Tripp. Today we will have Sam Kermins talking about his balloon show and a few ideas and tactics that he implements into the entertainment part of, of his restaurant work. Uh, Sam, I know you will be listening to this, so I thank you so much for the interview. It was so much fun and uh, I hope you enjoy the, the convention. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, gosh, um, Sam Kermins is also mentioning at the end of the interview, a few ways where you can actually meet the Balloon Blast couple face-to-face, so stick around till the end of the interview. I want to share with you quickly that I'm really, really excited because in a few days from now, uh, the two versions of the Balloon Stock App will go live and uh, be available within days from now. It will be available and live. Uh, if you buy the balloon stock up now, uh, you will be able to save a few bucks because the price will go up on the 1st of September. But if you are in the US and you will buy Brody's balloon stock up, then you're actually going to get money back in a coupon uh, for your first order through the app. And basically this means that you, instead of paying for the app, you will be getting money which is just uh, awesome for you. It's just like a gift, uh, the gift of balloons for every one of the listeners. I am also extremely excited about today because today specifically uh, was the last lesson of the MABC program, the Modern Automated Balloon Business course that I'm doing. Uh, This course has reached its 10th lesson and people were really excited today in the lesson on the webinar. We've uh, talked about automation and that was a summary topic where basically we discussed about how to create a pre-sale funnel and how to make it automated and all kinds of other cool stuff cool things like that that are important for a modern business and specifically for a modern balloon business. So uh, I'm really excited about finalizing the first run of the course. Uh, The course is not open yet for uh, a new run for more people. It is not open yet because I have more duties to attend, like, for example, the many coaching sessions that I'm giving and implementation sessions that I'm giving to the MAPKIS, which MAPKIS are like people that take the MAPK course, the Modern Automated Balloon Business course. So with that said... I would like to uh, welcome Sam Kermins and I just want to wish for you that you will enjoy the show as much as I did. Hello Balloon Artist Podcast Nation, this is Zivi Kivi and we are now in Season 2, Chapter 8 and I'm so excited, I'm interviewing Sam Kremins. Sam Kremins, gosh, you're one of my heroes, your balloon art is just brilliant, I love your show, I love the way that you are pushing the edge of the balloon art and always try to invent new stuff and new ideas and I'm really excited to have you here on the show and share a little bit of your wisdom, what's up Sam Kermins. Oh, it's another fun day in Nashville, Tennessee, man. I gotta say, I'm, I'm loving life, so thank you for having me, by the way. I appreciate your show and, and all the work you do as well. Thank you so much. It's really fun with different types of mediums can create uh, education and shows and fun with balloons for people. And each one in his own way is trying to help people consume education and also at the same time improve your own abilities. So, gosh, like I know what you're going to say, but how important do you feel is it for you? to be a part of the Balloon Blast show. How critical is it for your development as a balloon artist? 
Oh my gosh, if, if it weren't for Balloon Blast, I would still probably be doing the same stuff I was doing five, six years ago. Um, the, 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 the growth that I gained from it, especially from Scott, uh, just being such a great artist and, and being such an encourager, um, it's just helped me grow by leaps and bounds. I mean, exponentially, my performance as an artist, uh, my my skills as a twister have all just gone through the roof, and I owe all that to the Balloon Blast show. And one of the fun things that the audience and that you can do, can go back on YouTube, and you can watch the old shows of the Balloon Blast and see the progress of your art and gosh just by going to your Facebook page you can see some of your decor work and gosh like the monster truck the, the Frankenstein scene so many amazing pieces of art that I highly recommend people to go and enjoy and watch and uh, we'll also put a link on the show notes on balloonartistpodcast.com for your Facebook page so that people can watch some of your amazing art so thank you for everything you do not a lot of people know but you have all kinds of tactics that you use or ideas that you've developed and just like you develop the artistic side of things uh, with the Balloon Blast show uh, of you and of Scott Trip, you also have all kind of these that, that you implement in restaurant works and also in birthdays. So we'll start with restaurant. Can you explain to us how does it look like when Sam Kermins does restaurant work? Oh, wow. Um, I will paraphrase Scott Trip by saying that Scott, every time I show him something new I've done in restaurant work, he says I'm ruining it for everybody else. Uh, it's uh, I try to make the, not necessarily the super big show pieces, but I try to make everything big and bright and colorful. But at the same time, I I'm, I'm, try to engage all the guests of the restaurant. I try to entertain them. Um, I want to make them laugh. I want to make them have fun. I want to make them remember that restaurant so they'll come back again. See, I view myself less as a uh, restaurant balloon twister and more as, as a marketing tool for the restaurant. So uh, I have to uh, um, be on my game to make him because there's, you know, immediately within just a few miles of where I'm twisting uh, balloons on, my, say, my Tuesday night restaurant, I have probably four friends within five miles of where I'm standing doing the exact same thing. So we, we, we have to try to separate ourselves and make ourselves stand apart. And I try to do that by being as entertaining as I can. You know, uh, this is uh, really exciting for me to hear that because... Uh, w- what you do is that you serve your customer. That's yes. what you do. You see your customer needs. That's serving. And by seeing your customer needs and knowing that what he needs is actually repeat customers. They need more people to come into the restaurant. So by making memories with people and making your art memorable, you are actually improving uh, the value of your service. And at the same time, you're also doing, in my point of view, better marketing for yourself. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, I've been uh, now in in my Tuesday night restaurant, I've been there for close to four and a half years, and I'm watching the kids there growing up uh, as it goes. So, I mean, repeat customers is is really something I strive for, and and they, they just keep coming back, so... I, I get to see these kids as they're, some of them are starting to enter high school now, whenever they were just barely entering middle school, whenever I first started seeing them. Some, some that I saw that were just born are now entering uh, grade school, you know, elementary school. So, yeah, the, the repeat customer is really something I strive for. And because I know it's not just about me, I know it's about the restaurant and what we can do together. Amazing. And you do how many nights a week? I do three to four nights a week, depending on the week, um, at different restaurants all around my region. I don't limit myself to one neighborhood. I try to get as much coverage as possible. Cool. How do you mean, like, when you say that you want to get to be entertaining with the customers, how do you do it? Well, first off, everything... I Okay, I'm going to make a call back to your John Watkins episode, Okay. Whenever he talked about the vaudeville, how it was a play in three acts. First, you make him smile or laugh. Second, you make him applaud. And third, you make him feel, basically. So what I do is I I go in, I start twisting the balloons, I'm telling jokes while I'm doing it, I'm engaging people, I'm talking to them because, again, I've seen some of these kids growing up. So 
I've become a part of their life because I see them every week. And, and to a small degree, I consider them pretty much family at this point. So I, I talk to them about how's their day, how's their week, how's school going, things like that. But at the same time, I'm making jokes with them, making the table laugh. Then I hand them this finished balloon. They applaud it. And then to finish off, I make them feel I thank them for allowing me to make that for them, for, for letting me be a part of their, their evening and a part of their life like that. So I, I turn a balloon twisting into a three-act play that takes anywhere from three to seven minutes. This is amazing because even just by going and doing balloons in restaurant work, even that you make it into a show and you make it into something that you want to be entertaining for them. And give me more. What do you do in the make them clap part? Oh, in the make them clap part, I can do... Um, Sometimes it's, it's making a, a big, fancy sculpture or something or meeting a challenge, some, you know, some idea that they've had that they haven't ever seen before. Um, another thing I like to do is the blindfold balloon twisting. Now, this is something I also do in birthday parties, and we'll discuss that here in a little while. But the blindfolded balloon twisting is I ask a young person what they'd like, and I'll pretend like I don't know exactly how to do that. But I'll say, I'll tell you what. You've seen me work already. You know how I twist. You know that I can do this. So let's make it harder. Let's put on a blindfold. And I have a Ninja Turtle handkerchief that's like a, like if you wear it over the bottom half of your face, your face looks like a Ninja Turtle. And I'll cool. cover my eyes with that. I don't, I don't cheat and use the, or the magic uh, blindfold that you can peek through. I actually cannot see. Um, yeah. So I line up the balloons ahead of time in the order that I want to work with them, you know, so I know what, what I'm inflating next. And um, I'll tie on the blindfold. I'll inflate a couple of balloons. I'll start twisting them together. I'll ask the kid, does this look right? And they just laugh, and I'm like, uh, they don't know either. So um, I have them hold a piece, and then I pull up another balloon, blow it up, and wait, is this, is this the, the yellow one? And I, I point it, and I'm, I'm holding it off to the side of the table where I know nobody's sitting because I'm blindfolded. I can't see. <laughs> and so uh, I, uh, they, then I hear them laughing off to the side. Oh, there you guys are. And so I'll, I'll grab it. Is this the yellow one? And they say yes. And I start twisting it and tie it onto the other piece. And by the time I'm finished with this, I'm about three to five minutes in on, on something. And it may be something as simple as the uh, – um, the Patricia Bonnell's uh, giraffe hat from uh, balloonhq.com, but th I've made it into a show where, where I'm, I'm blindfolded and twisting balloons instead of staring at my hands, and that's, that's something I think is very important for balloon twisters. Uh, it's something I picked up in my magic days. Don't stare at your hands. Make eye contact. Make the connection with the, with the people who are watching you. So... The blindfold is something you will pull out, basically, and you will challenge yourself. But what you do by doing this is not just proving that you have, you know, amazing skills and that people can, you know, gain the, those skills if they become a balloon artist, but also you make the table, you make the people in the table become a part of you because they are like, they are your eyes. They yes. are your extension. And... They are, when they correct you or make sure that you use the right color and so on, they are getting involved. Oh, yes, yes. It's, it's not a solo activity being a balloon artist um, without the people that, that are there first, you know, receiving the balloons. Then, then what are we doing this for? You know, this is something we have to do to, to, to draw people in. And, and again, it's, it's all about making a connection with people. Um, You know, once you make somebody feel special and, and you bring them in to, basically into your circle, of, uh, your, your sphere uh, of where you're entertaining, you're, you're making them a part of that regardless. But the more you can bring those other people in, the more connection they feel with you, the better it is, you know, you feed off of their energy as well. So the more they're engaged, the more you're engaged. And to me, I like to twist balloons with as much wonder And, and amazement and joy as the people I'm giving the balloons to. Cool. So you basically, you are not doing this without feeling that the customer, that the person in the restaurant that is there with you, that he's also interested in the experience as well. Yes. Yeah, so, I want to make uh, sure that they're involved in the experience. Otherwise, they're just getting a balloon. I yeah. want, them to, I want yeah. them to have a memory. Yeah. 
Uh, you know, Jeff McBride was teaching a class in uh, WBC 14, and he uh, has this sentence. He says, people want to support things that they help to build. Yes. So uh, when, when someone is helping you build the sculpture, they will later want to support you. They will later want to, to talk about you. They will be feeling, they will feel involved. Uh, that's so awesome. Apart from the blindfold, anything else you do uh, with them that is um, uh, impressive for them? Um, oh, yes, 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 yes. One of my favorite things to do is, is basically it's a variation off the misdirection of being a magician, where instead of, you know, um, making one big movement with one hand while you hold up a ball, you're slowly sneaking another ball in your other hand. What I do is I, I focus on an individual I'm making a balloon for. I look him straight in the eye and I'm talking to him and asking him about everything that's going on in their lives, asking him about their day, you know, making them smile, getting them to talk. And, and whatever I get them to talk about what's, what's going on and how their day's been, I'm twisting a balloon and they're not even paying attention to that at that point. And as soon as you, we get to, to a logical stopping point on it, I, I try to guide the conversation where I can stop it about the same time that I'm finished with the balloon animal or the truck or the airplane or whatever I'm making for the child. I can, I can look, well, see what happened while you were telling me that whole story? And I hand them this really cool balloon that they didn't even see coming together because a People like to talk about themselves, and, and if you get them talking about themselves again, you're making them feel special. You're making them feel like you care, and in and, and which, in these cases, I really do care. Um, these these folks that I twist balloons for, especially my regulars, they're uh, um, they're a part of my life. So I, I, I do everything I can to make them feel special. Um, always seems to the the response is always like. I didn't even see that happen, or how did you do that? You weren't even looking. You were listening to me and, and things like that. So that's really one of my favorite ways. I, I make a connection. I talk to him. We, 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 we you know, share basically in a human experience, and then, hey, look what I did while you weren't even looking. And, and that really just, the, the fact that, it, uh, that they see a balloon twister that has that much skill that they're not even paying attention to what they're doing. They're more interested in them as a person than the balloon, and the balloon then becomes secondary to what's going on. And you will use this tactic of this destruction, and you will basically create something from scratch? From scratch, yes. Okay. Yeah, cool. I, 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 I don't even ask them what they want at the time. I'll, I'll just, because I'll look at what they're wearing. I'll, I'll see what maybe toys they have, or, or I'll catch out of the corner of my eye as I'm going to another table. Um, because it seems that these days, tablets and smartphones are so prevalent even in restaurants. The kids are watching videos or playing games. So I pay attention to that stuff as I go by. Then whenever I come back to their table, I have an idea of what I want to make for them if, uh, if they allow me to surprise them. So... That's uh, um, that comes from my days back in the day whenever I was younger and I was waiting tables at a restaurant. Um, I, I pay attention to what order everybody comes in, so I know what table to get to. I pay attention to what's going on at the table to see what I can do for them. So again, the, the connection with them to understand, uh, to be tuned to what they wear, what they do with their phones, and to understand what fits their needs and what will make them happy, and then basically making it from scratch, but not making it in a way that is focused on the balloon, but making it while holding a conversation with them, while having a conversation with them, and while actually listening to their stories. Right, right. That's, that's, uh, how, that's, that's what I find uh, gets uh, probably even a better response than the, uh, uh, the blindfolded, though the blindfolded draws the whole restaurant into the... Uh, uh, into the event, everybody's watching to see if I can really make what I say I'm going to make without being able to see anything. Um, I do get tips, but I am paid by the restaurants as well. Do you wear a pin? I do not, uh, because a pin, to me, takes away from the overall look I'm trying to achieve, because depending on the restaurant, I might be wearing a, a vest with a button-down shirt and a tie, and I don't want to put a pin on a vest that I've just, you know, I've spent $150 on, because I don't want it to, to rip the fabric over time. Um, what I have on my rig is I have a little clear jar. It doesn't say tips anywhere on it. But if PV, I, the reason I put it on there to begin with is because um, early on I was working at a restaurant that was paying me pretty good to be there. And I didn't put a tip jar at all. 
by the end of the night, I had to clean the tips out of all of my balloon pouches on my rig. So I found it easier just to put a jar up there, let people, you know, tip as they see fit. But then once they see tips in the jar, it encourages more tips. And so I, I, I don't put up a pin. I don't put anything that says tips. I just have a clear jar. You know what? You're just entertaining for them. Yes. You don't, you don't need the pin when you're doing a, a blindfold routine inside a restaurant or when you're actually looking at the eye of the person uh, and talking with them and listening to them. Uh, gosh, this is so inspiring. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, thank um, you. Hmm. Uh, and um, I want to talk more about balloon shows because we are, uh, the topic of the season is entertainment with balloons. And entertainment does come in many forms. Uh, there's the form of a restaurant work. There's the form of doing uh, huge costumes, like uh, Joette mentioned uh, just on uh, Chapter 7, the Conrad the Unicorn, which is really an amazing, amazing costume made by Carolyn uh, and uh, uh, there is going to be later on the season uh, Drew Ripley, who is talking about his uh, balloon costume, which is actually a Gertrude the Ostrich, which is uh, a very cool stilts uh, costume with balloons. But uh, balloon shows, for me at least, the way I see things, I call it the holy grail of balloon entertainment. Because really, creating a show and entertaining people with them uh, it's, it's just um, a challenge that not many uh, people have managed to conquer this challenge, but you have. Oh yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've uh, in recent years added a show, uh, you know, added the balloon show because I, I started out as a magician, like so many balloon people have. Uh, yeah. So um, it's a matter of transitioning all those magic effects over to balloon effects after that. So. Yeah, but uh, um, I find also that the balloon shows tend to pay a little better than uh, just line twisting does. So yeah. I'm, I'm really trying to transition more towards the shows. To, it's, it's a matter of what my dad told me growing up. Work smarter, not harder. Yeah, you know what? I think this is universal. I see it many people that I talk with and, of course, also here in Israel uh, doing a birthday party package with a show. It's, it's almost uh, impossible to, be, to book anything without having a show. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you could uh, convince your, the customer to only take a face painter. You could convince the, the customer to only take a line walker, like a, a balloon twister, but uh, they would pay almost double, even more than double, even more than double for a show. So, yeah, I definitely can relate to that. Uh, so tell us a little bit about how is your show structured. How long is it and what do you do in it? Uh, my show runs approximately 40 minutes, uh, maybe a little more, maybe a touch less, depending on, on uh, child interaction and audience interaction. But I usually try to drag as many people into it as I can. Um, and it varies depending on the venue. Um, where, where I live here, balloon shows are really starting, just now starting to become a thing. So I've, I've tried to be on the forefront of that because everybody wants to hire a balloon twister and they don't think about a balloon show until I, you know, tell them about it. Uh, but my balloon show is really structured. I start with something simple. Um, in this case, I've, I've taken a um, what I used to do for a color-changing handkerchief as an opener, and I do it with 260s. Um, I, you know, I use a dye tube or a thumb tip, and, and I'll do a, a quick color change routine, kind of like where I'm teaching somebody how to do a magic trick. So that, and that really just kicks off the show and lets them know that this is going to be different from something they've seen up until now. So the, the, the color change bit sounds like a pretty quick, uh, maybe one minute of content, uh, yeah. where you start with uh, one balloon with a 1260, and you make a change, and you make, do you make it dramatic for them so that uh, they know something uh, significant will happen soon, and then it happens? Well, here's how I do it. Um, I start with two balloons, and I have, unbeknownst to my audience, either my dye tube or my thumb tip on the middle finger of my left hand. So, or on my right hand, correction, on my right hand. My, my apologies, I was looking at the wrong side here. 
uh, I grab up one of the balloons and I tell them I want to teach them a, a, one of the very first balloon tricks I ever learned. And what I do is I say, it's called the pink balloon that changes colors. And I'll hold up a yellow balloon. And they all laugh. That's our, that's yellow. I was like, I know, it already changed. And they gets another quick laugh. I said, no, 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 no. I'm going to teach you guys how to do this magic trick. And you can do this with handkerchiefs or or you know, rolled up paper balls or whatever, but I, I like balloons, so let's do it this way. And I'll take that, and I'll start stuffing that yellow balloon down in my hand, and as I do that, I put that thumb tip or that die tube off my middle finger right down into my left hand. And I'll, I'll pack it in there nice and tight around the tip or the tube, and I'll hold it up. So you want to start with the, the setup. This is called the setup. And you hold it up. You see, whenever you're done with it, it should look like this, and you've just got a fist there with nothing sticking out. So now, since we call it the pink balloon that changes colors, what do we need? And they say, nothing usually, because nobody's following along. And I was like, it's a pink balloon. You know, that, that sort of voce style where you, you whisper really loud so everybody can hear you, but you still think you're whispering. And I pull up that pink balloon. I said, now the way this trick works is like this. And I take it and I start to stick just a little bit into the thumb tip in my left hand. I reach up and I pull out a little bit of the yellow. No. Bear in mind this whole time, they don't know that there's a thumb tip there. They just know that I'm sticking the pink balloon in my hand and I pull out a little bit of yellow. So a little more goes in, a little more comes out. Now, doesn't that look like it's changing colors even though you guys know the secret? And I get everything from yes to no, not really. So I just keep going with it. Said so a little more goes in, a little more comes out. Now you don't want to do it all at once. You want to sort of stretch it out. It's called show business. So I take a little more, <laughs> stick it in, put a little more out. And finally, we take the very last tail of that one, and we stick it in there, and we pull out the yellow. And whenever I pull out the yellow balloon, I hold it up above my head, and I put my left thumb in the thumb tip that's now holding the uh, pink balloon so they can't see it. And... and I'm holding it up in a fist, and now this, this trick does come with a problem. Once you've shown it, everybody knows that you've probably got a pink thumb t or pink uh, uh, balloon in your fist. So what you got to do, and I drop the, the yellow balloon down on my table, is you have to come up with a new trick, and I blow and I separate my hands. It's called the pink balloon that disappears. And it looks a little something like that, but I'm going to have to show you guys that one a different day. And that's really my opener. So it, it's it's cool. something quick and easy. You you yep. bring them in by making you by making them believe that you're showing them how to do a magic trick, and then you have to do another magic trick to get out of it that really shows them this is going to be something different. Cool, and uh, it's it's quick, it's effective, it's uh, it's basically two tricks in one bit where you you change the color and then you make. Like everyone expects that you have two balloons and you made it disappear. So basically, you made two two bits of it that uh, were interesting to people, yes. and they made them follow you, and you made it interactive. Uh, I love it in case anyone is looking for um, uh, th thumb tips or tubes uh, that are in the color of your flesh, like blush tubes, uh, you might call them. Uh, they can just go to something like penguinmagic.com and yes. find them there. Uh, they are a very cheap magician prop that uh, is just uh, useful for uh, doing something like that. So really cool. Uh, so how, where do you go from there? From there, I, I generally I, I bring somebody up on the stage with me. I start out. It's usually a young lady, and I do. It's essentially a torn and restored torn and restored balloon doggy trick. Um, what I do is I hand her a pink. Well. Let's, let's step back a little bit. What we do is we start with a change bag or my wizard hat change bag, and I tell her, you can pick any color in this bag you want, and I hold up a handful of balloons, and I drop them down, except for that pink one, because I need it for something else later. So I close it up, I shake it up, so now, and I hold it up above her head where she can't see inside, and I reach in, grab one balloon, and grab any one but the pink one. And we do this like two or three times where she just keeps getting a pink one no matter what. And finally, on that third time, I reach in, I grab up the balloons. I say, now, you can grab any balloon you want except the pink one. And all the balloons in my hand are pink. So it's, it's, it's a simple, you know, change bag routine. Then we go into, I hand her a balloon. I get a balloon. We go through some byplay of inflating it. You know, I do the backwards inflation where it's like I put the, the, the nipple into the balloon instead of the nozzle in my mouth, and I blow until I almost pass out. And then uh, 
I challenge her to race me, and she's like, she can't blow it up. I was like, well, we need an adult, so we usually call her dad up there because, you know, the, the dad, surely he can blow up a balloon. That's usually not the case. The dad's never able to blow up a balloon. So we, we race, and I'll blow it up just a couple inches, and I'll say, okay, I'm letting you catch up here. Let's let's go. Let's go. Let's, we got a trick to do, man. And I'll blow it up a little more. So come on, man. I can't hold off forever. <laughs> and I, I, I build it up like that in like two or three times, you know, the, the comedy rule of threes. And finally, I blow up my balloon, and he's got nothing. So I was like, okay, well, here, you have this balloon. And I go to hand it to him, and I let it go uh, from the nozzle, and it just shoots all over the room, and that gets a big laugh. And I'm like, okay, everybody give him a hand. He tried really hard, and we give him a hand. We send him to the floor, back to his seat. And then I grab up another balloon. I was like, well, that one's already got my spit in it. Let's get another one here. So I blow up a balloon. I said, now I want to teach you the very first balloon animal I ever learned. And it's the nine-twist poodle, just a little guy. And I, I twist it together real quick while I'm talking to us. You take this size bubble here. You put two more bubbles here. Put one more bubble here. Two more bubbles here. One bubble here. Two bubbles there. One more bubble here. And squeeze it for the tail. And that's how you do it. Can you do that now? And she's like, uh. It's like. Well, we don't have time to do it again. How about this? How about I just teach you something really cool about this doggy? I'm going to give him to you, okay? Now, we need a name for him, and she comes up with a name, and it's usually Spot or Pinky or something like that. And one time it was Clyde. I don't know where that came from. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we do the, the, the standard, uh, basically goofy comedy sit-up trick, the rollover trick where you're holding the balloon doggy by the tail, you make him sit up, and then you roll him over, and then finally, and now play dead, and you throw him on the ground, and you stomp on him, and the loud noise, and everybody goes, oh, and there's always one really disturbing kid that laughs in the back of the audience, but um, <laughs> that's his parents' problem, um, <laughs> then we go, um, sorry, we had to put him down, and you got the hydrophobia. You know, a line from a movie that not even their parents have seen, um, Old Yeller. Um, so I pick him up. I said, well, and I hand the bits, bits to the little girl, or I go to hand them to her, and say, here's your balloon doggy. And she's just looking at him with a horror in her eyes because <laughs> she really wanted a balloon doggy. I was like, oh, wait. Okay. And I reach over, and I grab a brown paper bag that I've got sitting over on, on my, my table or whatever. I pick it up and say, oh, okay. I'm sorry. Here, I drop the... Uh, the bits in there, I fold it up, and there's your balloon doggy. <laughs> She's still just looking at, like, it's still a popped balloon. <sighs> okay. So, all right, all right, here's what we're going to do, guys. And I blow and I inflate the bag up. we got to put some more air in it. So we got to twist it around like this so we get everything back in shape. But to make sure it all sticks together, I need you guys to say the magic word. And the magic word in a birthday show is usually happy birthday to, you know, the birthday child. Or if we're doing like a library show, it's we love the library or something like that, you know. And then I pop the bag and I rip it open and there's the restored little puppy doggy again. So that one is a, a, a really fun routine. I give it to her. We give it all a big hand. Everybody goes and sits down and we move into our next routine. Before you go to the next routine, let, okay. let me just uh, clarify a thing. So the, the bag, the, the paper bag that you use, the, yes. does it have a, any gimmick inside to hide it, the balloon? It the does. It has a false bottom. I, uh, a piece that I, I learned early on from uh, uh, a copy of the Mark Wilson Complete Course in Magic, how you make the false bottom or the false back wall for a brown paper bag. Okay. You made it by yourself, right? Yes, yes absolutely, yeah. You basically take a, a, a two bags, two, two paper bags, yes. and you cut from one of them the bottom, and you use that as a cover for your balloon well, dog. So this, what, what this setup will take you, what, like one minute to make? Well, what I do is I take two bags, I stick, I stick the balloon doggy in the bottom of one, I stick the second bag on top of it, I glue around the inside edge, stick it together. You know, I use a, an Elmer's quick-drying glue stick, so it goes together really fast give it a minute or so to set up, and then I cut along the top and trim it even. So, yeah, about a minute. Okay, cool. So you're, you're even uh, making it look uh, a little bit more professional by yeah. gluing uh, two bags together <coughs> yeah. and trimming it. Yeah. Okay, awesome, awesome. So now people know and understand uh, how to construct a paper bag and have a doggy inside. Uh, is, is that a small dog? 
That's, yes, it's a very small dog. It's a, it's usually a, a, um, it, it's the same size of dog that I made earlier. So it, I mean, it doesn't use the entire 260. It leaves you know a nice tail, nice long tail on the on the balloon. I, I usually inflate it up to less than halfway to make the the balloon doggies. Cool. So you just make sure that they look the same um, yes. relatively. Yes, and hope that the one inside the bag doesn't develop a slow leak somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, cool. So from from the color change, you went into the torn and restored uh, balloon dog, and then from there, where do you go now? From there, it's a little bit of storytelling and sword play. Um, this is actually a routine that I learned from uh, uh, Buster Balloon. Published it for free on Balloon HQ. Um, it's a, a Star Wars thing. Uh, I usually invite up a, a young boy and I tell him, I said, I need the help of a young man, preferably one that likes Star Wars, because if you don't like Star Wars, I don't think we can be friends, which is something I tell people on a regular basis. If, if For the people who know me know that I am a Star Wars nut. Um, in fact, today I just built, finished building a new lightsaber, but uh, I digress. Going back into the story here, um, I do the story basically as it's written on Balloon HQ, um, Except for I change up a couple of things, you know, um, Buster puts in the line um, that he wants, he tells the kid, no, hit the big shiny thing. And since he's bald headed, you know, he's got a big shiny head. So I have to say hit the big round thing, which could be this oversized melon that is my head or, you know, me in general. And so the kid keeps smacking me with the, the lightsaber and stuff that, that according to the routine. So, so you know what? There are so many good stuff in BalloonHQ.com, and also specifically from Buster Balloon. Yeah. Uh, he, has, yeah, he has published a few routines there, including some stuff that he teaches in his master class, uh, but you can just go and read it. And uh, I don't want you to tell um, the more details about the Jedi trick, the Jedi yeah. routine, because I just want people to go and read. Yes. So there will be a link to it on the show notes. I want it to be easy for people to go and, and consider this routine. It works for you. I mean, I read the, the text of the routine and I was just, my mind was blown by, I just know it's so fun. Oh, yes, yeah, it's, it's a great routine. Um, and and I, I fall back on that one because I am a horrible writer. Um, I know my limitations. I know that as balloon artists, or even for those of my friends who are magicians, we're the only form of variety entertainment that is basically required to write our own scripting. I mean, comedians don't write everything of theirs. So, you know, sometimes they, they get together in teams of friends and write stuff together. Um, you know, uh, TV show writers, uh, musicians don't write their own stuff typically. We're the only ones that, that write or try to write 100% of our stuff. So if somebody else is a good writer and you can perform it, um, team up with that. I'm, I'm, I know my limits. I know I'm not really a good writer. It takes, it, it's, uh, writing is almost painful to me. Uh, I try to do it. I try to get myself to do it. But if somebody else is doing the heavy lifting, don't try to reinvent the wheel. And who does better heavy lifting than Buster Balloon? Because really, he's a genius in comedy. Uh, his show is just full of comedy bits. His downloads about uh, comedy are awesome and full of uh, stuff. But this is a full routine. So if you go to the Balloon HQ uh, site and read his article, where you, I'll put a, uh, a link to that as well, uh, you can just understand the entire routine. Yes. Yeah, it's, uh, you, you're right. Buster is the comedy genius. Uh, it's, uh, that's why if, if he puts out something, um, and especially if it's something so well hidden in plain sight, I'm going to use it. <laughs> cool. So uh, where do you go from, from there? From there, um, I do a little bit of storytelling. Um, I make props up ahead of time for my stories um, where it's... It's kind of a fractured fairy tale kind of situation. And again, it comes down to I'm horrible at writing. So I get uh, some help from uh, people who've already done it and by way of some books that um, I've, I've found on Amazon that were put out uh, for teachers to do um, like little one, two, or three act plays with their students where they all dress up in these fairy tale mashups. 
and I take those, I get an outline down, I memorize the outline, I build the props for it with balloons, usually the night before, and um, from there, uh, we, we, we act out a story together. I'm the narrator of the story, and all the, the children are my actors, and you know, I, I set it up where they follow through the direction of the narrator. They they get into comedy hijinks and have fun. And usually there's a quick little, uh, you know, like most fairy tales, there's a quick little moral at the end, but nothing too over the top because mostly it's just about having fun. Um, so we do that, and that can be that can include anywhere from you know four kids on up to I've had 20 kids on stage with me before. Wow. Um, and uh, usually, usually you perform this show to what ages? The, um, that show really plays best for the kids uh, four and up, four, four to let's say about nine or so, and then to the grown-ups in the room. The grown-ups love it for some reason. I think it's because we all forget how to be kids, and for you know, a little bit we can remember what it was like, so we, we just really... It's something that engages us grown-up types after we see it happening. But uh, um, I, won't, I wouldn't suggest a balloon show for anybody under the age of four uh, because so much of it just gets lost and it's all just flashes of color. Um, much like I wouldn't do a magic show for anybody basically under the age of four and a half or five. The, to, to me, I mean, there are magicians that make it work. Um, but yeah. I, I can't do it. Yeah. You know, uh, this is something that is extremely hard to pull, uh, to do a show for, for the younger, younger toddlers. I personally, uh, in Israel, uh, I do shows from the age of two. Yeah. Uh, which, which is just ridiculous. What can you do with two years old? But my market, there's a need for that. And I am very, very patient with uh, the toddlers. So I can pull it out uh, and make it look like uh, a magic show was just something that can be done to two and three years old. But I agree with with your uh, opinion that it is not for ever, for anyone. Uh, and the balloon show for three years old uh, will probably not work easily. Yeah, the, um, the best yeah. trick I can do for two and three year olds is just go <laughs> and make them laugh with with fart noises. <laughs> that's that's all I got. <laughs> Don't do that for 45 minutes. No, 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 because then the parents want a refund. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but, but you mentioned about the storytelling bit. Is, but first of all, it's very flexible. Like you can change it from three kids uh, participating to even as much as 10 or 20 oh, yes. uh, for, for bigger shows. Yeah. And also, you, you, you knew about your limitations, which you said very honestly, like I don't do the writing bit. And uh, you, you, outsourced, you outsourced your need to a professional writer by buying a book yeah. and by... Learning it uh, and learning its outline, and uh, you say you use a mix-up, uh, like a mixed-up fairy tale story, where or a mashup, uh, which probably is something that is uh, also to begin with funny. Yes. Uh, and uh, there are many books that you can uh, borrow ideas from. Oh yes, yes, yes. It's not just uh, um, not just books that are meant for entertainment. You can go back. And you can look at um, old fairy tale books, uh, obscure folk tales from all over the world. Um, to, if you want to learn what it's like and, and what works, go to a storytelling festival. If you have one in your town or in your region, uh, the, that is really, it's, it's like a master's education in what it takes to engage a crowd. And even if it's not comedy, which is what we're trying for more with the balloons, we want everything to be lighthearted, but you see the breakdown if you sit and analyze it of what engages the crowd and what doesn't. Wow, you know what? I really need to emphasize this. Everyone that are now uh, driving and wanting to have a balloon show for yourself and were wondering how to create a storytelling show, <coughs> stop the car now, stop the car and just Google Storytelling Festival allow Google to locate something near you yes. and find one and go and hear to one. That's such a brilliant tip of how to get ideas for stories and also see how, 
how stories can be fascinating even without balloons but with balloons they're just very colorful and happy and joyful right 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 you know on on that same note i'm a big fan of theater um my my uh, perpetual fiance and I uh, like to attend the theater quite a bit here in Nashville. Um, we have a wonderful uh, repertory theater company that's just a group of actors who basically do it for fun, and they're really good and they're really talented. And again, they, whenever it's repertory theater, it tends to draw everybody in a little better because it's smaller, more intimate uh, performance, and it's even interactive to a degree. Like they have the audience do the sound effects for it instead cool. of having a Foley man. So, so it's, again, watching and analyzing and breaking down what's working for them, see how you can put that into your own show, and, and, and go from there. Again, learn from other people's mistakes and, and other people's hard work if you can. Um, make it as easy on yourself as possible. Otherwise, you're just going to get frustrated. I love it, love it. So uh, where do you go after the storytelling? How do you com- complete the show, or where do you go from there? Okay, after we get, to the, we get done with the storytelling, and that's really the bulk of the show area, you don't want to go too long because of short attention spans. Uh, thank you, television. Um, <laughs> but I finish off with a chair suspension. Um, classic magic uh, mini illusion can be done in a living room, can be done completely surrounded. But I throw on the uh, um, finale of instead of just doing the magic holding them up, once I have the kid close their eyes and laid back on the chair suspension, I pull out some helium balloons and I tie one around, you know, one of their toes and another around them, uh, uh, you know, around the, uh, onto the blanket that that's over the top of them. So they, they don't see it at first and the other kids see it all coming out and that I'm tying and I'm cheating using the helium balloons by making them fly in the air. And um, so then I do the whole thing where I take out the chair and then I pull out the plank underneath them. I tell them, just hold still, keep your eyes closed, keep your arms crossed across your chest. And I pull out the plank and open your eyes and look that way so your mom can take your picture. And they look up and they see the balloons and they say, you're cheating. And, and you know, all the kids are like, no, it's not fair. And so I'm like, huh. So I take out my scissors and I cut the strings on the balloons. And then the child is sitting hovering in the air above, in front of them. And they get the picture really quick. And then I slide the plank underneath them. I slide the chair underneath them. And then, you know, we, we help them off of there. There's, of course, some byplay at the beginning of it. Um, uh, I used uh, some ideas from another magician who um, was selling his routine a few years ago. So I don't want to give away everything on it. Um, I want to say it was Kyle Perrone. And you can find him at Magic Cafe, at, all over the Magic Cafe. But he really wrote a good piece on how to present the chair suspension. And I took some of that and I combined it with my own ideas and, you know, the, the hovering with the helium balloons. And so uh, it, it's, we finish up with that. We, we help them down. I thank them for their time and their attention. And one more time, boys and girls, let's wish a big happy birthday to whatever this kid's name is here. And so they all finish up with the magic words of happy birthday, let's say, Alicia. Happy birthday, Alicia. And then we move into, you know, they either go have cake, start opening presents, whatever. At that point, I break down all my magic props and and my my balloon props. Um, I hand out the balloons to the kids who helped me. And then if the parents have sprung for it and spend extra money to have me stay and twist balloons for all the guests, you know, I do that at a one-hour minimum at that point. So I, I, that's another upsell piece. Cool, cool, love it. Uh, you finish up basically with the chair suspension, with your own touch of it, with using helium balloons. Yes. Cool, uh, very nice. Uh, I, have, I, I want to ask you, because we're a little bit uh, short on time, so I want to ask you, uh, how many kids will get a gift or a balloon sculpture from you in your show? And what's your opinion on that? In the show... Um if, if it's a situation where I can hand out the balloons at the end of it, uh, because I do have a couple of shows a year. In fact, one of those is coming up where I'm not allowed to hand out the balloons, um, however many props I had. So it's anywhere from four to upwards of 20 people get one of the big balloon sculptures. And then if the event has hired me extra to stay on and twist more, um, then, you know, everybody gets something. But, um, you know, those go out to the people who helped me on stage with the coolest one going to the birthday child, of course. But just the, 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 the ones that are in the show, 
Yes. Just from the show, how many uh, roughly uh, balloons will you make? For a, for a birthday party show, it's as little as four. Okay. For, for a bigger show, it's as many as 20. I see. So, uh, and those are four just for the show? Yes. Uh, not including basically the, uh, a birthday present, which is a balloon sculpture yes. for the birthday kid. Yes. Cool. And, and if, the, if the birthday kid's old enough, I also have a, a piece that I throw in. I have a, it's, it's an absolute beginner's DVD that I made just for my birthday party shows that comes with a little, uh, little hand pump and 20 balloons. So if the kid's old enough, I give them that because one day I want to retire. And if one of those kids takes off with it, that means they're going to fill in the void whenever I'm gone. <laughs> awesome. And gosh, so cool that you have also uh, this kind of high-end product, like uh, your own DVD that teaches, teaches how to do balloons and your own pump and so on. Uh, cool. What is your opinion about preparation time towards the birthday show? How much time do you need? Well, success is 90% preparation. So if you want, at the, at the, at the ridiculous prices that I charge, um, I spend my time prepping because they deserve the very best I can do. Minimum, I'm going to put in an hour and a half and prep. Just, yeah. just, for, just for if I'm doing, you know, four kids for the storytelling. Because the, the props are big. They're, they're either some of my designs or some Brynion-style designs or some Buster Balloon-style designs. So the, the prep is very important to me because, I mean, yes, the kids are going to be the, the focal point of it, but I want the balloons to look really good too because I get hired because I produce quality. There's, there's any number of, of um, people who can turn out uh, nine twist doggies and swords all day long. Um, I want to be above you know that level. I want to uh, my my market I try to aim to a really uh lucrative market and a, a fairly wealthy market here in nashville area cool so uh you basically you invest those hour and a half on your gig on your balloon show uh also because you charge them high enough fees yes yes. Yeah, if, if I'm doing a, a, just a basic balloon show, um, those start at $200 for a 40-minute show. Now, in my, in my area, that's, that's not bad. That's, that's, fair, that's on the high end of the market level. So um, if, I can, if I'm getting that, then you know, a couple hours of my time in the evening whenever I'm not doing anything else um, and, and a few dollars worth of balloons, and yeah, it's, it's definitely worth the investment. And thank you for sharing everything so openly because it is so uh, inspiring and also there are many things that people will be able to take from this. Like I have a balloon show and a balloon and magic show and for, for the balloon and magic show the prep time is just the one sculpture yeah. for now which might even just take 10 minutes uh, these days. But for uh, the full balloon show which is a storytelling show it takes an hour and a half, yeah, to, to make uh, all the props and all the costumes and so on. Yeah. Uh, so I, I can definitely relate to that. But it used to take me two, two and a half hours. Yeah, I'm, I'm always trying to streamline my work as much as I can. Again, it goes back to just being lazy. But I've also, you know, talking about Scott Tripp and how much of inspiration he's been to me. He's, he's made the, the uh, um, observation whenever we first started talking started working together and, and becoming friends and I was one of the faster twisters he's ever seen so yeah yeah so you know you you get to that speed by practicing and yes. practicing and practicing and then some okay cool so we've talked about so many things we were you were very open I, I really appreciate it I want to tell the audience a little bit about what do you do apart from your entertainment because you do a few projects like the like the balloon blast show And I want to start by asking you about the Patreon part of things. So how does this work? What can be gained by supporting you guys with uh, your Balloon Blast show? Oh, thank you. Um, Patreon, on our, our Patreon page for the Balloon Blast video show, it's patreon.com forward slash purple pig. Um, 
if you pledge five dollars or more per episode, we put your name in the credits as a we 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 add you basically as as crew and staff, and you don't even have to do anything for the show. Um, if you do ten dollars or more per episode, then we give you an exclusive never to be released again tutorial design that we will never ever publish anywhere else ever 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 so the for those patreons who pay uh, give us ten dollars or more per episode of patronage we give you something that you guys are the only ones in the world that will ever get that design and uh, how often do you release your show every two months currently okay cool so I just want people to know guys I support the Balloon Blast show. I am one uh, of the Patreons. And I think that just to know that in this world you have two minds, two brilliant balloon artists that will invent something for you and give only you the ability to use it because pretty much uh, it's only the balloon artists that support the Patreon. So not, not the huge market, not the mass market of uh, balloon artists it's something that will be a secret you right. know uh, it will be a recipe that you can use immediately you can learn it uh, very fast because the t- your tutorials are, are top notch and you can get an access to some piece of content and this will be yours forever and not anyone else so it really an, is a tool for people not just to educate themselves but also to get an edge To get an edge on competition absolutely and and let me say this too about those videos is that we do a combination of exploring concepts and artistic creativity in some of them and then some of them are guaranteed money makers you can for example um, two episodes ago we released the uh, um, the right inside bowl design as our patreon video and uh, Arizona Rick and used it in his show the very next day so I'm, it's a guaranteed money maker awesome awesome I'm so I'm so happy uh, to join the patreon uh, already and you also sell digital downloads on balloonanimals.com can you tell us uh, what is your favorite uh, uh, instructional piece that you made there oh man you know it's my Star Wars one uh, we do have another one of those supposed to be coming out soon but right now I have Star Wars episode 260 is my favorite one of, of the ones that I've made um, uh, I t- I'll tell you the truth too Scott trip has uh, it's these are all under the balloon blast name on on uh, balloonanimals.com on their online store um, Scott trip has a baseball glove that I get so much mileage out of I make that thing at least four times a night Wow yeah so I mean it's it's, it's a guaranteed money maker right there too now you got me curious because I need to take a look at that again. Uh, so you have a, a, few, a few downloads. The people can go and check it out. I'll put a link to, directly to the Balloon Blast category on BalloonAnimals.com. And you're also about to start uh, your own live events. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, we're doing a, we're doing a test run on Balloon Blast Live, which is going to be a four-hour class. We're going to test it in St. Louis. Um, uh, our date that we've got set down is November 18th. The, the uh, um, location is still to be determined, but we're going to do some, uh, uh, teach some designs, teach some theory, and Scott Tripp is even throwing in his entire balloon show that he does for libraries. Oh, man. So, so Now you got you, me curious. You, you, you learn how to do that. And at, at that particular uh, event, the St. Louis one, we will have our cameras running. We're going to record that class on the live balloon show, and that will become a digital download in the future as well. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. So the, I, I can only encourage you to also uh, remember your Patreons and <laughs> put something <laughs> aside for them. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but really... Yeah, I'm, sh- I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. And the idea of a Balloon Blast live event, I think it's brilliant. I, I, I'm just, uh, I'm, so, I'm so sorry for not being there uh, in the U.S. and having the ability to, to meet you in person. But I know that we can meet in person, and that is in a convention, uh, and that is something that will happen soon. 
So the Balloon Blast live show, is there a place where people can get notified or learn more about it when they consider coming and attending your uh, Balloon Blast live event? Um, you can go to the uh, Balloon Blast uh, Facebook page on Facebook, or um, we've been posting updates as they become available to us on the Balloon Twister Central group. Cool. So, uh, and uh, that's two places that you need to be familiar with, both the Balloon Blast uh, Facebook page and uh, the Balloon Twister Central is just an awesome resource and awesome place to hang out. Gosh, Sam Kremins, you shared so much information. Do you have anything uh, else where people can go and find out more about you? Um, they can look me up at, on my Facebook page. Um, they can go see, well, I would, I would steer you away from my website because I need to redo it. <laughs> But, yeah, we'll uh, talk about that. We'll talk about that, show. yeah. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> basically, if you're in the Nashville area, um, you know, if, if you're passing through, if you're visiting, hit me up. We'll see if we can hook up a jam. Cool. That's so uh, generous of you to offer that. And by the way, do you have any plans already about uh, conventions next year? Um, I know that I will be going to the Twist and Shout convention in Kissimmee, Florida. Uh, cool. beyond, so, beyond that, um, my work schedule doesn't really allow me to do much else in the line of schedules or uh, conventions. Got it. So I will see you there. Uh, and I thank you so much for everything that you shared on the show. Um, we'll put all the links so that it would be really easy for people to go to your Patreon and support the Balloon Blast show, to go to balloonanimals.com and buy the download, the digital download about Star Wars 260. And also uh, people will go to Facebook and uh, learn more about Balloon Blast Live. I encourage you guys to uh, consider... Uh, everything that was shared today, there's so many ideas on, on the balloon shows. And really, when you hear it again and again and again, you hear it from Matt Falloon, you hear it from Andrew Smith, you hear it from Sam Crimmins. Uh, you just see that balloon shows are something that you can do. And you can believe in yourself and you can practice and build it. And of course, even if you have something like that, you can always improve it and take it to the next level, just like uh, that Arizona Rick is incorporating new sculptures into his show. He's not standing still. He's always improving his uh, art, and, and uh, the show is also a part of our art. Uh, thank you again, Sam Kremins. Uh, this was awesome. Thank you, Zivi, for he having me here. Wow, what an awesome interview. Sam was so open and generous. He shared everything, so many good ideas that you can take. Personally, I really appreciate his point of view about smiling and looking at the eyes of the person who is getting a balloon from you. And I'm, I just know that from now on, I will have a small Sam Kermins inside my brain. And every time I will do a balloon, I will think about Sam Kermins and I will smile more and look more into the eyes of the person that stands in front of me. In addition to that, the idea of, you know, not having to do everything by yourself. And if you're not good in writing, go and learn how to, uh, uh, go and learn a good story from people like Buster Balloon that has awesome routines online on Balloon HQ, or from uh, storytellers. So uh, really, uh, a lot of awesome tips, very actionable uh, interview, I have to say. Uh, so thank you, Sam, and uh, it was a pleasure to have you on the show. In about, really, by, maybe by the time that you're listening to this, maybe the balloon stock up and the Brody's balloon stock up are already live. Maybe not, maybe you need to wait for uh, like 48 hours or so. So really, it's a matter of hours from now till the, the balloon stock up and the Brody's balloon stock up will go live. I'm super stoked about that. And I do want to share with you all the details really soon. Once it's live, I will tell you how to get it, you know, how much money you're going to receive if you uh, use the coupon uh, that, that you get automatically from Brody's balloon stock up and how much money extra you need to pay if you buy the balloon stock up, the generic version, after 
the end of the uh, the end of August. So basically, the fees uh, are going up. And uh, you know what? I encourage you to do the same. I encourage you to raise your fees. In the next few chapters of season two, we will discuss the entertainment business in more details. And you will also hear additional extremely good news that I'm so excited about, but I cannot share yet. I cannot share yet here on the interview. I will, uh, you know, share it with you as soon as the contract is signed and everything can be discussed in full details. But I am stoked about additional stuff except for finishing my MAPC course and the launch of the two apps. More on that soon. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for coming back every week and see you soon, guys. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. This is season two and chapter eight. And this is the tip section. Today, it's an audiobook recommendation about a very interesting book about negotiations and how to basically do price negotiation in a way that uh, will create a, a win-win situation with no compromises, which, which is really interesting. Uh, the book name is Never Split the Difference. Uh, Never Split the Difference. It's actually uh, written by an uh, ex-FBI agent. So all of these tactics and stories Uh, all of his tactics are also uh, sprinkled with some really interesting negotiation stories uh, between F- the FBI and uh, terrorists. So the story by itself is interesting, but the tactics inside are, are just golden. And I want to mention one tactic so that you can implement immediately, get, get some value out of this, and then later decide if you want to buy the book, the audiobook, uh, and listen to it uh, on your way until the next chapter of the book. Balloon Artist Podcast. And the tactic is to start any conversation, any negotiation basically, with a question that is supposed to create a no answer. So by, by making people answer no for you at the beginning of a conversation, at the beginning of a negotiation, you're actually making them feel like they control the conversation, that they have power. And that is good for you because that way they are more open to you know, listen to what you have to say next. So because they already had some power to them, they don't feel being pushed and they can listen to, to what you're saying. And also they reveal some more information and uh, it's really fun. So I've been practicing this and uh, talking with customers and making sure that I just ask everything that, uh in an opposite way so that they need to say no so for example if if uh, someone will call me so if I, if i call a lead after he left me a message or something i will ask him is this a really bad time for me to call you and they will say no it's a, it's a great time let's talk so already i got them to say no the first no and now we can talk and uh, this is a really good book i read a lot of books about negotiation lately because it's a topic that is uh, very interesting for me and i highly recommend you know for you to try it out thank you guys and see you soon